Hi, we're the Mona Lisa Twins and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. Welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. My name is Rob Leonard. I'm your moderator for today. Joining me, of course, are my co-hosts, Mitch Axelrod. Howdy, folks. And Tony Chaguardo. Hello. And joining us today is a longtime friend of ours that goes so far back with us. We were watching Beatles on fourth generation VHS tapes and saying, hey, this is better quality than the last one that was seventh generation. And it all looked like this. with like Yeah, it was all shaky. And we've known Rob Koenig for a long, long time. I think it's about 40 years now. Yes, they all get it. We're very old. Yes. Now, <laughs> Lots now, of different connections, yes. Now, <laughs> Rob has written an article for the magazine called Retrofan from the edition um, September, October. September, October of 2023. It's called Beatlesploitation. And Rob is a huge collector and an expert on those records that came out in 1964, maybe a couple in 65, where... You know, your parents would buy the records and they said, oh, this is I want to hold your hand. But it wasn't by the Beatles. It was by whomever, whomever. We're going to talk about that. It could have been a grasshopper. It could have been a bug, you know. So we're going to talk to Rob about that. His article is fantastic in in Retro Fan Magazine. Uh, We highly recommend it. We've read it. But we're going to talk about those records that no one really ever talks about. Let's be honest. And. The history of them, Rob covers a lot of it in the, in the article, and Rob knows his stuff about this stuff. There's a lot of them. So, Rob, where did you start? Let's start off with this question. Where do you get, like, we, we have some of those records, but you have a lot of them. What made you get <laughs> in so involved with these exploitation records? Well, actually, the very, very first Beatle album that I owned was a Beatle exploitation album. You see? If it, if it were. It was the uh, Chipmunk Sing the Beatles. Okay. That's that's sort of a, you know, I can see that. It, it, that was actually the Chipmunks, but, you know, it was, the, you know, it says Beatles on it, and they do all Beatles songs, so. Oh, wait, so the first record you ever bought was Real Love? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, oh, come on. Real Love, I love it, too. Sorry. <laughs> That won't get us too many comments, Mitch. Thanks, babe. <laughs> well, you know, no, seriously though, the the Chipmunks, huh? That was in on Liberty Records in '64, right? Right. When did you get it? Liberty Sunset. Uh, I assume you're, you're yeah. one of your parents bought it for you, right? Probably in like '67 or so. Wow. Because by the time Yellow Submarine came out, I saw Yellow Submarine in the theater, got the album, used to bring the album to school in first grade, and the rest is history. After that, that started everything. Wow. Did they did they buy it for you be, did, knowing that it wasn't the Beatles, or did they see the cover and say, it'll do? <laughs> you know, he'll, it's not the Beatles, or maybe the Beatles were sold out, or whatever. Well, you got to remember, not to be funny, Mitch, but the Chipmunks had had hits already. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, the- but, but chances are, well, maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe Rob's parents, Bob's parents, I'm going to call you Rob or Bob, whichever. Uh, I I'm, had other Chipmunks albums too. Yeah. Yeah. But then maybe the parents yeah. heard, like, you know, 
Witch Doctor by Dave Seville. Maybe you heard. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they heard the Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. They could have heard that. But chances are most most adults would probably not have heard the Chipmunks quote hits. Yeah. And may have but just that one I... kid knowing, first of all, you're a kid and and it's Beatles. So I like it. Uh, I, I do think it was a nice way to introduce uh, Beatle music to to kids that way. Um, oh, yeah. As you see, when we discuss later, there were others that tried to mimic the actual uh, Chipmunks record as well. So it shows that even the the mimic get mimicked. The parodying <laughs> the satire or vice versa. Right, right. He right. talks. Yeah. I mean, um, one thing that uh, Mitch and I were talking about this afternoon, and I think it's sort of important to throw into this conversation, is that these these records where you sort of had – an exploitation of a band like the Beatles that were everywhere, top of the charts, so incredibly prolific, showing up on American television, etc. Something like this could only have happened during that generation when there was such a wide, quote, generation gap. Because once you get to the, the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that, Parents, you know, in the late, in the mid to late seventies, we had we had the supermarket records, we had the sound effects present the music of nineteen seventy six or whatever it was, and parents would fall for that because they they just didn't know they didn't know that that wasn't the real hit version of Benny and the Jets, you know, or what have you. So they buy the sound alike records, but but do you agree? These were sort of like records were of their time. Like I don't think like now. Parents and, and, and sometimes kids and parents and even grandparents listen to the same music. They listen to the same genres, you know, like, you know, Aerosmith, grandma, daughter and granddaughter are all going to know what Aerosmith looks and sounds like because right. they got the interweb and they and they all know the sound, you know, the songs from from the radio. But at this time, this was all new. The kids, the kids were rock and roll and you had parents that were mostly still Perry Como and Frank Sinatra or Bobby Rydell. Bobby Rydell. I know your folks were very into into country music too, right? Right, right. So this but was the, all new territory for them. Well, think of who was buying uh what in the way of music. Uh kids with their language um their um allowance. Uh right. they mostly bought 45s. That was right. the big sure. deal for them to run out and grab a 45. That's how even there was a lot of uh, Beatle uh, uh, novel type of uh, uh, records out uh, that weren't the Beatles, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, tribute stuff like Ringo for president or, or what yeah, have yeah. you. And this stuff yeah. isn't even that. This is something quite right. Quite, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it was uh, parents who bought the albums. Albums uh, before the, the Beatles were considered as either lost leaders or uh, they were just to showcase. Well, you, now you've you've gotten a, a picture of the artist, and maybe you'll like a few of the other songs. The big sellers prior were really soundtrack albums. In fact, a lot of your budget, fake, uh, phony albums prior to the the Beatles were uh, a lot of soundtrack albums. That's true. That's were definitely fake true. soundtracks. Yeah. 
there were fake Mitch Miller albums. Mitch Miller sing along with Mitch. There was a lot of ones with that. Not this Mitch, but you could sing along with him if you want. But uh, sing along with bitch really didn't go over well. That was one of the <laughs> fake ones they tried, but just in, the parents weren't grabbing that one. For Too many people reason. related to it. Too no. many people related. Too many husbands were like, I, I do it every night. <laughs> and, and mind you, there were. Uh, I do have uh, attempted sound-alikes and look-alikes of the Kingston Trio. Seriously? Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a couple... Um, well, there's uh, the the Beach Boys also was one that uh, yeah. by the Surfsiders, yeah, who uh, yeah. None, no less has uh, Lou Reed singing on it. <laughs> yeah, which and that that ties in directly with with the the Beatles stuff too, because a, a few of those releases and the ones will some of the ones we're going to look at uh, in Beatle World um, were on Pickwick, which is coming, which had come right. We're we're do, recording this on in Long Island. Right. Well, all of us are on Long Island, and and Pickwick was right here over in Freeport. Freeport, right? You know, and, and Let, Lou, me... Lou Reed was being asked to write surf music, you know, parodies. So I, I'm sure there was where there were some like Long Island songwriters that contributed to those Pickwick Beatle records too. You know, I wanted to bring up something because Bob, you said something that really just resonated with me. The 45s were the were the thing that people were buying, and as we know, like you said, there's like. I think there's over a hundred Beatles novelty 45s. Even Cher got into it. That was her first record. Um, Nelson. Joe Mason. Yeah. But, you know, I just realized those, there were no real, like a, a couple of these bands that we'll talk about, the budget bin bands or albums had some singles, but no, I haven't seen any picture sleeves of any 45. Like the album had the, had the pictures on them, but right. none of the, None of the four had. Well, they were going. They were going for the equivalent of the big buck because I think the the yeah, deal was yeah. that since since there wasn't a ton of licensing involved, and who knows how many of these guys tried to get away with putting stuff out without even actually licensing. Yeah, um, because if if you you stuck them out under the wire and you got them out in the New York metropolitan area, you probably in, in an area like this where there was. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but such a high population density. You probably had so many of those records selling primarily in, you know, selling quickly and efficiently. Uh, you know, we see thousands of copies floating around. How many of those were right. first bought? Probably in New York. Probably, and, probably you know, so, yeah. Yeah. And you'd have to but, think that, you know, why why go through the trouble of licensing? Nah, we, we made 5,000. <laughs> we sold 4,500. They ain't going to catch us now, you know. Well, also, yeah, there was a lot more pressing plants. You know, small pressing plants that would do little jobs, and you know they, they could go bring it to that and say, "Oh, we need you know thousand of them." Okay, also, we, here on Long Island, even yeah, there was yeah. pressing being done here on the island. Yeah, and so I, a lot I would of these think the opposite though, because and maybe I'm wrong. I would think they would these would really, and I'd love to. Well, I wouldn't love to do the research on it because it'd probably be a lot, but I would think that because the the smaller you know cities in the Midwest or wherever, maybe didn't get the product that the big cities got. True too. So maybe they got, you know, if they saw these, they'd be like, oh, that's the Liverpools, that's the Beatles, you know, we'll buy it. And, you know, because they didn't, maybe they didn't get Meet the Beatles or Introducing or whatever came out. So again, just a theory, too. but that's I would think that the too. smaller yeah. would have probably had the bigger sellers. But right. you know, I guess we'll never know. These companies have been so defunct for so long. 
we their records, you know. Were a lot of them were a lot of them East Coast based, Rob? The companies or both? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, okay. a couple were mostly in in New Jersey. Uh, you had what uh, Somerset, Somerset, New New Jersey too. They were part of Alshire. Okay. Okay. A lot were from this area, right? Mostly New Jersey of all things. How and they fun. use budget uh, vinyl to make these things. That's why sometimes when you find them, they're in terrible shape. Not because whoever, you know, had them did a job on them, but no, they just weren't the greatest of pressings. But you have to remember, look at you have to look at all the, the covers of these things. Mm. Uh, think about how um, if you get a mailing especially and no i'm not going into politics but if if you get a political mailer in the mail mm-hmm. and it has it's like a two-sided cardboard uh ad for something about the particular politician or it says all this list of stuff that they will do and the list of stuff that their opponent won't do they don't expect you to read that what mm-hmm. they just expect is that you get the name or you get something off of it that sticks in your head and you use that when you go to the polls. That's all mm. they think about with that. There's right. And I guess that. the records would be the same way. You know, The records would be the same. These albums came out. They weren't really being uh, maybe other than arguably the, the, the chipmunks, but they, they weren't really being promoted to attract uh, your daughter. They were they were put out to attract you, the cheapskate father or, or, or mother who decided that uh, two ninety eight or whatever at Woolworths for Meet the Beatles was too expensive. Yeah. But here, you know, you're a shopper at Bohack or A and P, and there's a, a record in in the bin by the checkout, and you see it says, "I want to hold your hand" or "A Hard Day's Night" yeah. on the top. What do you yeah. think? Problem solved. Your daughter's been bugging you to get this record. Ooh, that's bad. I, was I, just about that. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, that's our that's our joke. You stole, man. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be our joke. Come on. <laughs> but uh, that's how how they they got but sold. Why don't you? You know what? You, we've we've mentioned budget, and I think people need to understand what the quote budget bin is. Right. So can you explain what what the right. budget bin was in any type of store? Uh, it, it's sort of selling uh, records at a at a lower price. Um, a, a couple of the the budget labels, like uh, even Diplomat said on on the back cover, uh, you know, uh, quality music need not be expensive. So <laughs> they they used it as a way just just to attract people. I guess it's like you know with. Uh, with us uh, uh, shopping, you know, do you go to Neiman Marcus or do you go to Walmart? It's just uh, the the idea (laughs) is, uh, uh, you know, uh, saving some money. And I I think it's about, it's about the venues too. I think Mitch, it was the idea that, you know, grandma and grandpa weren't, you know, you and I were just talking today about where record stores were found. Right. It's possible that grandma and grandma may have wandered into Corvettes. Grandma and grandma? Grandma and grandma, you know, progressive grandma, but wow. grandma and grandpa okay. may have wandered into, into, um, you know, into Corvettes. But the truth was grandma and grandpa were, were always at. And 
Rob, I think some you said the perfect, but you know, Bohax. I mean, you you were there. That's an old supermarket. You know, my dad, my dad, I was would, there. <laughs> you know, my dad would go to Maze, and the the difference was too that the like growing up, I always found that records like the ones that we're talking about were in the supermarket bins, as opposed to if you went to Maze or Woolworths or Kreskes, you found cutouts. Cutouts. You found records from legitimate labels with legitimate artists that had been discontinued that had been they cut the corner in their 44 cents right. these things i remember these as being in the amp as being in you know literally supermarkets and i think if i'm not mistaken down south gas stations too right right bob i wouldn't doubt it yeah you i know, think there drug, were gas stations stores even hardware stores uh Yes, even, the hardware uh, stores, right? Even Ra Radio Shack, I remember yes. having a, yes. a bin. Yeah. And where, like, even if you went to a legit record store or a department store, where did they usually have these budget records? Outside yes. of the department. Why? Yes. Because the people that they attracted were not ones that were going to go into the into the actual department. They just looked or just happened to catch in their eye with something on on these uh, records yeah what yeah what's funny is as you'll see as we go on that there, there's some of these albums i'm like who even bought these in the first place <laughs> well my, my question for you rob is what was the price difference what were you know you, if i'm guessing right it was like 288 on sale for like you know beatles something new but how much were these going for was well, it a dollar ninety-eight, cents what what was the right right what was the main attraction to grandma and grandpa will say <laughs> in the in the saving of money well i i have i'm looking at i'm not going to show it on the screen but i have a beatlemania in the usa by the liverpools with a, a sticker on it for 88 cents wow, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a big Ooh. wow back then that's a big big savings and not yeah. worth even that <laughs> <laughs> no but a bargain at any price but you, you know what though we we We've said it, but I think the, the cost was probably secondary or maybe, you know, neck and neck with the real thing uh, here, with the real reason people bought them, because the grandma and grandpa didn't know. They just didn't know. As Rob said, look at my background right now. There's silhouettes. This is what half of the albums look like. So you go in and you, and, and you see that. And grandma and grandpa assume it's the Beatles and they buy it now. And yes, the cost is less. So, the, but chances are, if they don't go to Corvettes or somewhere, they're not even going to know there's a cost savings. They're just going to make their kid happy by buying something that is the Beatles. And they, they don't know until you get home and the kid says, this ain't the Beatles, you know, you know, so I think that might be more of the, the reason these things actually sold because as you know, Rob alluded to prior to us recording, there were, you know, a thousand Beatle records released in 64. So every they, these all got, you know, put in with the rest. And uh, the, the kids knew what what wasn't and what was. But, you know, the parents who Rob said bought the things, they didn't. So they see mop tops. They say, that's good enough. I got my kid a Beatle record. <laughs> it was a very confusing year. Nobody expected them to last the year. That's right. why we have a hard day's night in black and white. You know, thank goodness right. I like it in black and white. But uh, uh, you know, they didn't even know whether that was going to be released. So uh, 
So there you go. And, and, uh, and don't forget also, you know, Rob, it, you in the article you also say, and, and we, we know, you know, the, the, the first Beatles pirated record, uh, the original Greatest Hits, which had... Oh, that's incredible. Four, yeah, which, which had the four mop tops on it. And if you bought that thinking, all right, it's good enough, well, you, you came home and you got lucky because that actually was the Beatles. So it was confusing for everybody. It's like, okay, I can buy Beatle Rama. It looks just like my background. And I can buy the original Greatest Hits, which looks just like my background. One of them's the Beatles and one of them ain't. You know, so, Of course, of course, yeah. no one no one in that area was able to find combs for a lot of years because that's what they were melting down to, to actually make, make all these crap records. <laughs> well, I mean, but I but I, I was I was wondering though, because we're talking about sixty-four and we're talking about the the Beatles themselves, but do you think it also and maybe I'm giving too much credit, but do you think it also might have confused grandma and grandpa? Because by the time we got toward the end of sixty-four, the British invasion was underway. So do you think it was also possible that maybe in in a lot of cases it was kind of like Oh, my kids love the Beatles, and here's this Bugs group from Liverpool. They they, they like all this British crap that's out now, right. you know. Hey, don't make fun of Freddie and the Dreamers, okay? I'm telling you now. <laughs> anyway, um, don't tell us anymore. I'm I gonna, think that that what? was secondary, sure, because there were a couple of albums come '65. Uh, uh, one I'm thinking of with the cover that has a. Beatleish looking cartoon called That English Sound. And right. it shows yeah. uh, uh, again, it's, it wasn't just the Beatles on there. There's Herman's Hermits, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Animals. I mean, it's all not the real artist. But at that point, they started to put out stuff that wasn't just just Beatles. Exactly yeah, but the, the, I'm the even just thinking stuff. of them like, you know, mistaking some mis mistaking some of these you know, cleverly named you know well this could very well be a group from liverpool you know right one of these one of the them are records that my kid's gonna like knowing it wasn't the beatles but figuring oh they like peter and gordon and harry and johnny and phil and whoever else is coming over there and, right you know jimmy and the farters whatever and you know we'll buy them this one you know yes well, I, I want well we brought up that album the greatest hits i just want to let rob tell us What's special about that record that was different? We know it's a it's a pirated album, but what was on right. there that hadn't been released yet? The, the the cover was this nice gold cover with like Mitch's background on it, but it does not state anywhere on the cover or the label what band it is. I happened to find it at a store in Hicksville in like the early seventies, um, and. Uh, when I played it, the weirdest thing was I put on Love Me Do, and it's the Love Me Do that Ringo plays on. It's not the one on, on the album. I never heard it before that. So I was right. like, what? what is this? That's <laughs> funny. The only, and, and then I think, I'm not sure of the dates, so the timeline might be off, but Cap Capital of Canada put it out, and I think they put out the Ringo one as well. So, you know, it was it's so odd that, you're now you're now getting a real Beatle record, so to speak, and something you've never heard. So that that was kind of cool about that one. Yeah, and supposedly that one because it was basically a pirate, right? Would you call that a yes. pirate? Yeah, then? that's Absolutely. a pirate record. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they Why did don't we explain pirate by the way? I'm sorry, Bob. What, uh, can, Tony, can you explain 
pirate, just so people know what we mean? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got the three things that are always confused. Um, God, God bless you, Bill Clinton. Um, but you've got the three things that were always confused, which was um, bootleg recording, which means a release of something that has never been released before and is usually unauthorized for release at all by the artist. Um, then you've got a counterfeit, which just think of a counterfeit dollar bill. There's a real dollar bill and someone makes a fake dollar bill. Um, there were Let millions be, of copies of Abbey Road introducing the Beatles. Let it be. Those are the right. three big victimized Beatles records. Um, all of the Taiwan releases, uh, those people call them Taiwanese bootlegs. They could also be called Taiwanese counterfeits, even though right. they they looked unique. They were direct knockoffs of, you know, and then pirates are usually compilations. A pirate record would be Alpha Omega would be the Beatles' greatest hits. The gold one would be, you know, uh, compilations or collections of, of things that aren't for real. So, okay. you know, but anyway, nice, and uh, then there's this stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. The but, exploitation records. Yeah. So again, as I mentioned earlier, it's the adults that were buying this and uh, soundtrack albums usually sold for like a dollar more than the regular albums. Right. You know, even back then. So if people were collecting or wanting to hear soundtrack albums back then, there always were copies of stuff. I remember, you know, even my parents had like the Jesus Christ Superstar was like some whatever knockoff of it. It wasn't the real. We had Fiddler on the Roof on. Yeah, we had Fiddler on the Roof on Diplomat. Yeah. There you go. Same kind of thing. And uh, those were the things that people bought because it was easy and it was it was cheaper. And and also, I think part of it is it was about the song as much as about the artist. And the Beatles changed that where you had to hear the artist's version of the original song. I think that was a major thing because, oh, yeah, just, you know, it's like getting sheet music and then singing along with your friends or your family. It's not the original, but you're singing, I want to hold your hand or whatever. Uh, but it's also, you go ahead, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. sorry, I'm sorry. He's made a real good point with that because that's part of the crux of these things. Like my, my mother back in the, in the 60s had some uh, Beatles sheet music she was like, well, I'm going to sit down at the piano and try to play it. And yeah, she knew the notes. She knew the chords or whatever, but the beat or the rhythm of the song couldn't right. get it uh, at all. Right. And right. that's the funny thing about a lot of these records. These bands or whoever they were that they threw together to make these records some of them are decent cover. They probably were rushed to finish whatever they could. Here's one take of it in here. Let's put it on the record. And we're done. Right. But yeah. most of them, uh, just <laughs> just like no no clue, n- absolutely well, no clue of how uh, the, the Beatles were. So when you think of the name and the beat and the beatnik and being a, a, a cool happening they no. don't have it they're not <laughs> happening well, also but, also but, some of that sheet music was totally in the wrong key oh, yeah, if, it, true, if it was yeah. the right key at all you know yeah. or the right notes or it was cheat too cheap. yeah yeah but, but you know I mean, i'm sorry i was i was just gonna say bob the 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 other thing too is that um on a few of those those records that you sent us there was one in particular actually 
Well, I was talking to Mitch yesterday and I said, I would have gone to see those guys as like a Beatles cover band. There's a band, there's one that you sent where they cover like for me to you, please, please me. And they do really decent jobs at covering the tracks. Oh yeah. Some, you know, some of them, they really try. Some, some of them aren't too bad. Yeah. Uh, probably the best selling one. And the one that most people would know is the bugs. Right. Right. And, Long story with that. I mean, uh, first of all, it was a real band who made the record. The was it Coachman Five. Okay. And uh, it it turns out that reportedly Gary Wright is playing on that album. Wow. Yeah. Well, well that's kind of cool. They were a band. Yeah. The, the the that band, the Coachman Five. Actually, it was weird because when I looked this up. Yeah, because I knew that Gary Wright was was allegedly on it, and he's from New Jersey, and the whole band was from Jersey. But they had a single that was a different band than the band that did the album that we're going to talk about. So it's oh. really, yeah, very weird. And they and they they practiced uh, in Nyack, New York, and and then they you know it wasn't like long, but to so to your point, you know they. They figured it sounds okay and people are going to buy it anyway because right now the Beatles are hot and so we'll, we'll sell some, but they're very odd. And and also some of these, even though it says she loves you or please, please me, some of them were actually songs mocking those songs and they called it she loves you because they weren't, you know, even though some of them sang she loves me and, but they didn't want to, obviously you have to keep the name so at least that's right. So if someone's reading it, it's, okay, I, I know the song, She Loves You, or I Want to Hold Your Hand. But a lot of them, when you listen to them, they're not even that song. It's just a mocking song. They they mock the Beatles, or they mock the song. So just these are very weird, weird albums. <laughs> Rob, um, one of the things I've I noticed about this, and I want to ask you, how many of them look like real albums in the sense of listing publishing or producers or band members or anything how many of these are just like really generic without any mentions of you know northern songs or adam or beachwood or you know no none <laughs> I'm, that's I'm what i suspected sure. <laughs> that's yeah. what i suspected and, and, and then there's some there's there's a couple that are all on the same label but they change the packaging on the on the cover it'll say you know it's by the schoolboys or or one says it's the, the Liverpool, it was kids, the Liverpool lads or something. Kids, and the, yeah. And that Liverpool kids. And then, you know, you, you look at the label and it says something else or, or the back, it says the, the, On the label was, the schoolboys. Yeah. Schoolboys. So, and, uh, <laughs> for that's, those enough, that's, a, that's a way to fake you out because you're seeing the word Liverpool on the cover. Right. And then you, you, you obviously it's, it's sealed. You can't look at the label. And then when you get home and there ain't no Liverpool on that, it just is the schoolboys. And it turns out to be these guys or old guys or young guys from New Jersey. <laughs> you right. know, who had no right. idea how to sound like the English. It was also probably a way to get people who were um, creeping around any, um, any pressing plants that were trying to keep their, their reputations um, if if you put a li Liverpoolish name, or if you put the B lights, you know, on a record, and there's a song called "She Loves You," it's going to obviously raise a lot of eyebrows. Right. So you're going to go get a record pressed, and it's by you know 
the Cadillacs or something, and you've got a bunch of song titles, and one of them is I Want to Hold Your Hand, no one's going to go, oh, it's some guy covering a Beatles song. We better be careful. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, whatever. So you probably they probably tried to avoid some of that Liverpool-related stuff on the record labels to maybe save you know right. some issues with, with the pressing plants and stuff. But... You know, the, the one thing I, I also wanted to bring into it um, is that all the ones we're going to talk about starting very soon are are albums that the Beatles were not on the cover at all or in the back or anything. But, and, and this is not one that we were going to cover, but after doing some research, I just want to bring it up very briefly. Yeah. In 1965, and, and Bob, you mentioned that, uh, you know, they really weren't promoted <clears throat> that well other than like the chipmunks who you know had the money liberty records they had hits they had they were in billboard but um 1965 tower the tower records the label <laughs> put out a, an a album called sing a song with the beatles uh yes. jimmy haskell in the band it was the first album on tower and it had a full page ad in billboard on march 6 65 so this was promoted and this was really an exploitation because, or this was a fake out because the Beatles on the cover is in big words and in big letters, big font. And there's pictures of the individual Beatles playing live. Wow. So, yeah, even though it's Jimmy Haskell and band, but it, I'm looking at it and I remember seeing as it goes from. Well, that's on Tower. Isn't yeah. Tower a uh, another budget label of uh, yes. Capital? Capital. Uh, yeah, yeah. there's a weird irony there. That was just going yeah, through because my head they you were saying capital that. promoted themselves, so to speak. Well, why wouldn't Beatles? Why, I know. Why I know. wouldn't Capital do something completely deceptive? And I mean, come on, it's it's Capital we're talking about. Well, that's but like even on the back of the. Does, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Even on the back of the Beatle albums, they would list the Beatles songbook by the Holly Ridge Strings. Right. That's right. Well, that's a which, capital release, right? Which at the same time, I have one says the Mustangs play the Beatles songbook and the cover is brown versus the, the, the Liverpool blue. one being blue, but they look exactly the same. Yeah, that's that's Funny. just bizarre. That the I mean, there's so much money to be had, I guess, in 64, especially. I yeah. mean, obviously, in 65 and 6, they were still huge. but They were huge the whole time. But 64, I mean, you know, everybody always says, if you can go back in time, what you know when would you go back i i said probably march of 64 right after camp on me love came out so i could buy up all those sleeves in the east coast <laughs> nice for the for the 79 cents and then i could go to woolworths if i had the money i had now and just buy everything out but but 64 obviously was you know the year to to make all the money so even though, even though later on in beatles you know history there were some more of these things most of them did say Lennon and McCartney or the Beatles, where none of these in 64, if I'm not mistaken, said the Beatles. It might have. There's one, I think, that spelled B-E-A-T-T-L-E. -E. That's the bugs. Wasn't it the bugs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, the, you know, but, but Beatles, the, but, you know, two two thoughts come to mind. First of all, we, we mentioned Pickwick earlier. Pickwick was doing Beatles exploitative stuff well into the 60s i mean they were doing they were releasing beatles sound like stuff in 67 you know to go with with magical mystery tour and the pepper yeah, but what was but what was on i the mean cover? the cover was usually psychedelic imagery but by then 
you know, Magical Mystery Tour showed the Beatles dressed up as animals. You know, the 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 White Album the, as as the Spinal Tap would say, there's nothing on that goddamn cover, nothing. Um, <laughs> so you had so many different variations that now you didn't have to even write the Beatles, and you just put you know Magical Mystery Tour, or you put a song title and a colorful image. And even in 67, you were probably getting a bunch of suckers buying these records from Pickwick that were, you know, the symphonic Beatles and Beatles in huge letters and symphonic in half the size font. Well, they also, Pickwick, if I'm not mistaken, for this, they put out a uh, exploitation record of the movie Sergeant Pepper's Yes, yes, Yes. they sure did. But but Bob, going going to these collections because we're talking about records that are selling for like eighty eight cents. Seriously, not to be you know, but you're going you, even though it's a it's a budget label, you know, even to go in a crummy studio. I would guess everybody's got to get paid a little bit. The band I'm sure gets paid peanuts to just come in and play, right? But do are do, are are there any documents? Is there any available information to see? just how many units these things really sold that's that's the problem with doing this research is just trying to get that kind of information because like um let's say we talked about diplomat records uh their parent company is synthetic plastics um they still technically exist but as peter pan records if you oh, know wow. Peter Pan, yeah, they, they used to put out all the uh, children, the bunch of kitty records. Yeah. yeah, like I remember, remember the um, the store sold pools, uh, Harrow's. Yeah, yeah. They used to have all the budget bins of uh, Christmas and holiday records, and who had those? Diplomat, you know, they right. had a a band featuring the Candy Cane Kids or whatever. And right. The, and wouldn't Peter Pan? And, wouldn't those records knock off a lot of the Disney soundtracks? Right. Right. That yeah. too. So and of course they were they were cheaper and uh, Kitty Records were always cheaper but uh, yeah uh, those kind of albums uh, yeah in in the in the seventies uh, Diplomat had uh, Power Records where they had like stories of uh, superheroes on different mm-hmm. albums mm-hmm. I remember that sure and, and those were like you know cheap knockoff things too you looked at the the artwork on a, I think I have a Spider-Man one I'm like Ew, who, who drew this you but, know? but there's but there's no even with a company like Diplomat it's I mean I guess you're not gonna you're not gonna find documentation I guess right mm-hmm. to say you know right this many this many units of this or you know I mean now after all that uh, well, personally, I don't even think Capital gave us the right amount of sales on Meet the right. Beatles, but that's <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, I think a lawsuit confirmed that. Yeah, yeah. which is it's why always, all wasn't it's always five million copies for Capital. We yeah. only sold five million. Five million. <laughs> meanwhile, they said they sold four million by the second month of '64. Right, so right. It's funny, a million in the next fifty years. It's funny, yeah. Revolver, Revolver Records in New York sold six million of the same record. And just, <laughs> anyway. That was out of a trunk. Out of a trunk. <laughs> well, what's Revolver Records? Well, that's yeah. some place we've all been to and yeah, right. together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> speaking of our history, yeah, right. uh, Rob, Bob, I got a question for you. Um, did, is there any reports of any of these records being played on the radio? You know, Ooh. as maybe a, a, question, Bob. a mistake yeah. or maybe. Right, right. You know, Other than as mean? a gag. But yeah, because, you know, like years later, 
even bands that um, the Beatles had a really, really small connection to, like, let's say, Grapefruit. I know I've heard uh, tapes of songs by Grapefruit being played on the radio, and underneath it says, Exclusive Beatles. Because <laughs> they were trying to pull whatever they could out of the blue and claim it had a, a Beatle connection to try to get people to listen. Oh, you know, we got to listen to XLY because WABC mm. doesn't have this song, and they do, and we got to hear it. So over the years, Rob, did any of uh, Bob did any of these songs from any of these records end up as like we we? Yeah, I, I don't think budget bin type of albums got. Got airplay. airplay but like i'm just that. thinking like two like for instance you I know mean, we, did the novelty singles get a lot of airplay well you gotta figure i mean there were stations that like you're saying you know have you heard the word ls bumblebee those records did get you know played of we don't know for sure well we love you Beatles know, by the carefrees well yeah right. yeah but, but i have got to, a lot of airplay but i have to wonder whether or not like did any any of these you know the bugs and any of these guys did these records get picked up even as Shh, maybe it's really them? Like, did anybody like I've never seen any of those songs turn up on any of those compilations of, oh, is it really them? Right, right. You oh, know, right. and I guess is it because they were just so the, these knockoff records were so high profile? Is that why, you know, it seems more the 45s like, you know, you mentioned, have you heard the word? Um, there's people say and back with I'm walking, I'm walking by John right, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Uh, there was even uh, what was it? The Beat Merchants doing so fine. Uh, yeah, they, people thought that was Beatles. Uh, Neanderthal Man by Hot Legs. They thought yeah. was the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed every everything that Black two got that was on a forty five. Right. And it was like I guess that right. was an easy way to disguise it because if there was no picture sleeve or no right. picture, but right. most of these records had no picture either. And when they did. It sure wasn't the the, the people uh, singing on them. And uh, once you talk about the absurd covers that, that came out, too, oh, my goodness. You're like, Rob, are there any, Bob, are there anyone in particular where you actually would say, you know what, this actually has some on its own, has some actual musical merit? And be like, all right. Oh, yeah. I, I love the, the Liverpool's album on, on Winecoat. That has some good songs. Um the uh, the Manchester's are, actually do have a couple of good songs. Wearing wearing blues is good. Uh, I'm waiting is a great song. Uh, there's definitely songs on there that are worth their own merit. Does it sound like the Beatles? No. I mean, uh, you know, if you listen to Pete Best's album, that Best of the Beatles on Savage Records, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what this stuff sounds like. It comes off like that. You know, it's his stuff really wasn't. Talk about exploitative. Yeah, well, at least, Beatles, it, I mean, at least he was honest. You know? right. Well, his name was best. Yeah. But if it, you know, so that's the only reason he was so, 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 Bob, some of these records weren't all Beatle covers. They might have been a couple, and then there's other couples. Right. And then they either let the, I guess, let the band throw a, a song or two on or one of their in-house songwriters got a chance to get something out and when talking about like the the manchesters like i said those songs they were used again and again and again where 
the the backing track was used for a, another sound alike and then another wow. sound alike. So you know they just just used those same songs. It was like Motown. <laughs> same backing, just put the you know put the, the 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 Supremes in front of the Four Tops in front or the. That's wild. You know, that re- you, know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Jimi Hendrix when he worked with Curtis Curtis Knight. Uh, Curtis Knight and the Squires, where, yeah. you know, he came in and, and, and he was part of instrumentals and that might have been one song, but then they changed lyrics. It might have been one song. And they said, well, we'll just change the lyrics. No one will know because we we changed it around enough. That's what it sounds like a little bit, you know. Well, then you have the horrid cover of the bugs, even though it's the best example of any of these. The back cover of the songs, they just like change the titles and they have yeah. the titles have nothing to do with the song. Like. Mercy, Mercy, or uh, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the others on there. Is it uh, London no, Town the, Swing? Right, right, and and, and one of the songs Tom. is just one look. You know, you know it by Doris Troy or right. the Hollies, but it's not listed on the back cover. It has another name attached to it. So wow. Nash. So you so you avoid paying copyright. That's all. Right. Yeah. That's but, so why don't we why don't we talk about a bunch of them since. Yes. You think there's some kid walking around here now from like 45 years ago who goes, damn, I wish I could find a copy of that song, Soho Mash. I really <laughs> love that. Like, not, you know, anyway. Well, it's well you know what? Uh, well, Mitch, Mitch, I have one more question from Rob sure. and then we'll start. Well, uh, Rob, wait, wait. Bob was just going to say something. So okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. You, that's no, right. I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, well, say, what you a, say. a couple of, in my search of finding these and some of these, you know, I bought a couple of different copies just to find, uh, you know, one either in a better shape or what have you. A couple of them, I've had pictures from either a magazine, newspaper or whatever of the actual Beatles cut out and taped onto the record cover. <laughs> so, uh, that shows you that whoever owned it really wanted that to be a Beatle record and maybe that was the record that was given to them and just like well Suey this is what you're getting you're not getting anything <laughs> else that's your Beatle record and then just like okay I guess I'll just have to be used to it oh that poor kid now I'm gonna go cry that's like the sad wow man listen, yeah. listen I'm one of those kids because I don't remember <laughs> what year it was but it was definitely later in the 60s it might have even been 70, 71. My father, came, my father, my uh, probably my mother came home one day after going to, I think, Lafayette Electronics Store in Syosset. There you on go. One wow. And she came home and there was a picture, and, and I, I know the cover, a picture of a beetle. I think it was actually a, a ladybug, but and and it was a huge ladybug on the cover, and it had all the beetle titles, you know, on the cover, and she bought it and said, I got you a new Beatle record. And I put it on, and it was all instrumental versions by someone I had no idea. So, uh, you know, I, I was one of those. So, Tony, if you want to buy me a, a Beatle record, you can. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, little Mitchie. Oh, so, why don't we? Uh, you said well, you had one more question. Well, one more question, Rob, before we get into the. The, going through some of these. Well, we've when, been going through some of them. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know, but we didn't. We, didn't talk about them. we we okay. all have, as collectors and and fans and historians of the Beatles, we all have our little thing. Mitch likes to the forty fives. I like to get uh, some covers. Tony has a lot of interests. Um, <laughs> when did, when did this become an interest to you? These Beatle exploitation records? Because you have 
what, uh, 40, 50 of them. When, when did this become, oh, I got to get these every time I see them? When did it, when did it t- take, not take over, but when did it impress you more that you had out, to Rob, when he found out that you could spend seven fifty on a butcher, right? Who would pay seven fifty and buy every one of these albums, <laughs> <laughs> and seven dollars and fifty cents. What you meant is no, I'm kidding. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, when when no, do you remember like saying, "Oh, I, I got to start," you know, getting these exploitation records? I I always like to tend to go into the esoteric of of various things. If I buy comic books, yes, I have Marvel and DC, but sometimes I'd like to look at what some of the other comic book companies are doing or things that came out on like some budget comic book company that really isn't that great, but I happen to like it just because it it, it exists. Like the superhero, like Bob likes Mr. Spider-Man, who's just a guy who just, you know, (laughs) a Jewish guy. Hello. Spider-Man, you know. I use my I use my matzo balls. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. Anyway. But I mean, uh, you know, I. I have pets. What do I have? I have a couple of reptiles and hermit crabs and stuff. I don't have a dog and cat. <laughs> don't, tell you know. have, don't tell people yeah. you have crabs. <laughs> uh, That's true. No, but you know what, Bob? You've always, I mean, you've, and you've turned, I, I know you've turned me on to a few things too. Like, I know you've turned me on to like, uh, what, 101 strings. Uh, you've turned me on, I think, to Esquivel, right? I mean, yes. I had no idea who any, and, and now you can't buy an Esquivel for, it's a lot yeah. of yeah, an yeah. original, but and they started re-releasing them. But um, so you've always had an eclectic, you know, collection of things other than the mainstream stuff, which obviously you collect too. Look at some books that are around me; they're pretty yeah, eclectic you, too. You definitely yes. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, to to Rob's point, if you were born in '64, born in '54, or whatever, and you're ten and getting these from your parents, that's one thing. But to start collecting these knowing that it's not the Beatles and that they probably suck <laughs> or at least well, almost makes it more fun in my yeah, opinion. Yes, does it? Like it's, I think, I mean, I don't know. That's a good point. You, well, you know, we going in what the, it's not going to be the Beatles or even right. close, whether it's going to give you a laugh or like I said, in the case, you know, I went through some of the links that you sent Bob and some of them, you just went, Ooh, you know, yeah. but other stuff, like I said, particularly a few of the covers, I just went, you know what? This was this was like a bunch of musicians who just thought to themselves, like, you know, while they're sitting there doing their version of Please Please Me, they're going, we're going to be on a record. Holy Jesus. Like, you know, and it was great. And they're they're playing their hearts out. And then you get the people where it's like you hear like you hear going through their heads. Oh, my God. I went to Juilliard for this. Like, you know that. Sure. These people are actually musos and they're they're being relegated to getting paid, you know, 11 bucks for a session, you know, to well, no royalties. Well, well, look what we have now. Ma- major artists are coming out and uh, appearing live somewhere for what? A couple hundred dollars. But now what do we do? We go and we see a cover band playing yes. that stuff. Yeah. At the price of a ticket we used to pay to see the real artist years ago. So or, we're yeah. sort of the, doing the same what's thing. supposed to be the real artist. Like Foreigner, which has no original no members, real bands anymore, and, we're, and we yeah. no mem- members, and we're paying you know regular ticket prices like we pay for you know eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars, and we're and, and we're conversely, here we are talking about talking about 
this this being done to the Beatles. And we've got to remember, and folks, for those listening to us who are overseas, you know, we've got to look at the idea that in the UK, this this was this was out in the open, but this was huge. I mean, you had whole labels. I mean, nowadays, if you're an Elton John fan, now talk about collecting it from the angle that Rob's, you know, Bob's collecting. I'm I'm in the UK dumpster diving to find records on Avenue Records and yeah. on and these were called supermarket albums because basically records. you went to the supermarket and and no you weren't getting the original artists doing Neanderthal man and doing you know bridge over troubled water you were getting a bunch of studio people and and the the man singers doing your contemporary hits of the day so instead of what's that well you could get elton john doing contemporary hits of the day that's what i'm saying exactly what i'm saying so here it is you know it just so happens that that the only name that we have from these american records is is you know gary wright in england you had a lot of people who ended up being really famous musicians who for you know to to keep their pay their mortgage like elton you know, we're going in and recording for these hack labels that were doing these, you know, top hits of 1969. And, right. and you know, so it's wild that, the, you know, how we look at them differently. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Hey, um, sorry, Bob. Let me just, uh, Rob, let me ask Bob one more question. Because um, we, we asked, I want to follow up with why you started doing this. Is it also easier or harder or more fun to collect these because Beatle records are everywhere. You know, I could go on eBay and find I feel fine 45 picture sleeve everywhere. I could have my my choice of you know what condition I want. It as a collector, I always love the the thrill of the hunt. And with these, I'm assuming that the thrill of the hunt is still there for you because I know you could buy them on eBay, but you know, if you if you're not doing that or other auction sites, is this harder or easier to find these records? Right, right. I, I think it's harder. Like, I was shocked when I found this one. It looks sort of like the Meet the Beatles cover. All mm-hmm. it says on it is Gene, and it's by Gene and the Notes. <laughs> it says in big print on the top, I want to hold your hand. And it says it's the, the Beatles song. Why it just says the Beatles song, the Beatles is like in a cloud. And then it has caricatures again of like the mop tops and it has basically the songs from um uh with the beatles i mean they even do don't bother me on this album wow that's interesting but so there's no liner the notes the front covers the same as the back so i'm assuming it's either really really budget or some band decided to put out the the the, uh, the album that way but do you find them in the Beatles? Like if you're at a record show, are they in the Beatles section? Are people savvy that way? Or are they just with every other record and you happen to pull something out? Uh, sometimes or now they're thrown in with the incredibly strange music section. Okay. Um, but but even popular artists think uh, think about the fact how, and, and Tony mentioned about the British versus America. And I know that's, going to be a, another show but just seeing the mania of the albums that came out from uh capital united artists vj uh um 
you know, ATCO, MGM, et cetera, et cetera, it just left the door wide open for others to come in and, and, and throw this stuff at, at your faces. Everybody just wanted to try to make, make a, a buck out of it. Even your contemporary artists. I mean, the, one of the reasons the band, the Bo Brummels, called themselves the Bo Brummels is so that when you were in a record store, B-E-A-U mm. came after B-E-A-T. Right. Very smart. Right. right. Absolutely. And you need to be yeah. on the plane. It doesn't mean they're a bad group. They are. They are fantastic. But uh, yeah, it just happened to, to work it that way. Clever marketing. Yeah, it is yeah. clever. And you know what? It was clever enough where and I joked about being on the Flintstones, but you're not going to be able to use the Beatles on the Flintstones, but you can use the Bo Brummel Stones. Right. And, right. And because they right. actually, you know, they sounded good. They had good stuff. And and you know what? I guarantee you that Hanna-Barbera, again, was thinking we'll ex- explo- exploit the, the Liverpool sound, so to speak, even though where were the Bo Brummels from? San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't even, but you know, I was going to say bedrock, but (laughs) (laughs) twist, twist, twist. No, but I mean, but the, but again, on the show, the Bo Brummelstones had the Beatle mop tops. Yeah. And and totally different question, Mitch, and question for another story. But even if they wanted to try to license the Beatles, yeah, they wouldn't have been able to, I would imagine, because King Features had their, their anime at the same time. So anyway. But well, though Epi no, Bryce, Epi Bryce Stone was on the, the Flintstones, so that's true. He was, he was, but but they, you know, don't forget the the uh, Flintstones was sixty to sixty six. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm now, not sure. I think the Bo Brummel Stones was on probably in sixty four or five. Now that's a whole other whole right. other topic, which we, yeah. I guess, I don't know if we could breach this or, but you know, Bob, you're a pop culture person in general, obviously, and yes. Around that same time, 64, 65, and I'm thinking of a few different instances, but weren't there also a few instances of of popular TV shows getting a band on that was obviously supposed to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a whole other side of that same type of exploitation. Right. You know, I'm thinking F Troop, the Monsters. uh, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Although Dick Van, Van Dyke, Dyke show, yeah, but, but Van Dyke had, show had the red coats on. It was Chad and Jeremy. So. Right, but it was right. really Chad and Jeremy. Right, right, right. That's gonna, but you know, so that was kind of cool. But all right, so why don't we go through some of these? Because some of these have some really interesting things. I know we've talked about it, but um, do you want to start with the the bugs? Because I think this one has a lot of really cool info on it, um, and and. Bob, I think it, it's just called Beetle Beat the Bugs, and it's obviously spelled B E E because you're not going right. to write E E A. Right. right. And that's up at the top said. of the, the cover. Yep. And it just, it just, it's, it's in like, uh, at least this copy I'm looking at is green, green neon. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, uh, it just attracts you. And of course, it says featuring, I want to hold your hand. The Bugs, um, though. Of course, it lies. It says it's the original Liverpool sound and uh, <laughs> and recorded in England. Right. Wow. And they're from, well, they're you know, on the Jersey. Jersey shores of England, you know. <laughs> I jumped on the Jersey, but it looks like right. <laughs> you know what, though? It's it's pretty funny because, like I said, they 
they rehearsed the material at Scotty's Bar in Nyack. And Is that then what it, said? it was it was ready to go. Um the one thing about this was that they were a band and they 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 did you know, they were upset later on when the same company put out their album under a different name, uh, you know, using Boots A Go Go because obviously they couldn't start doing Beatles anymore. But this one I was reading up on and it's kind of cool because uh Devo's Mark Mothersbaugh said that this was his first album. This was his first record, yeah. Yeah, thinking it was, he said, one track pissed me off so much, it eventually inspired the nasty Devo song, You Got Me Bugged. Wow! (laughs) How funny is that? One of these was actually so, you know, influential, so to speak, in a bad way, to Devo, who became huge. I actually yeah. like that song. I thought you got me bugged is a great song on here. Well, and, and that and yeah. that inspired the bugs to do their record Jocko Buggo, which was actually <laughs> Oh god. Sorry. The handful of well, Devo fans just face playing. Well, I have to say the, the this album with the bugs looks very nice. It's there you know, there's yeah. a there was a thought process yeah. that they were gonna do the the shadowing of the faces and they had the dark collared shirts and you know, is not that this looks like the Beatles, but if you're not paying attention, this is maybe the best cover out of all of them. But you Rob, know, you and, just hit it on the head. If you're not paying attention, yes, well, and, who's paying and attention? If you, if you think of that, the reason even on the back cover where the uh, the titles of the songs were changed and stuff, right? Think about it. This goes back to exploitation in other means. Look up things about um, uh, drive-in theaters and um, the one company that made movies. Is it AIP? Yeah, American International Picture. Yes. They would have an artist draw up a movie poster before the movie was even started to get filmed. Yeah. So right. the idea, the 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 astonishing thing that was supposed to happen is there on this poster, poster that you would go to see and then you'd see the movie and you're like what what is this dreck so <laughs> that was just I, michael landon with bad hair what's going on <laughs> no michael I, lembeck michael lembeck no michael lembeck was the other <laughs> that's true michael lembeck and no, harvey I lembeck michael's harvey a son lembeck. i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> I bet beyond a shadow of a doubt that this album cover was likely designed before they even threw the record in there. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, but it's it's, it's it's thought out though. You know, this was thought out. You know, it's it's like that um that phony one that's supposed to be the Chipmunks, which I actually have, um, which has a hard day's night and all my loving. And it's not the Chipmunks. It's they don't even say who they are. It's it's on Wycott Records. That's all. Yeah. Um, and do they speed it was, up? It was supposed to be the Chipmunks, but Alvin had gone on a bender the night before. Yeah. So they had to get like three other insects, you know, three other animals to come in and actually do it. But anyway, Chipmunk Nicole and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, that's just it. Chipmunk. That one that Rob mentioned, they couldn't say that it was the Beatles, and they also couldn't say that the this is the Chipmunks. It chipmunk. wasn't right because there's another copyright to worry about. So it's just wow. hilarious you know that they, they use that. But the Beatle beat one of the bugs, you know, the cover does sort of look like, I, I want to say, meet the Beatles. Yeah. Because yeah. even though they're showing full body of the of the, the band, it still has that, like, you know, that uh, 
Well, they're shaded on the back cover, so back cover yeah. looks like the Meet the Beatles picture. I, th I think you know if the Beatles didn't, if if Robert Freeman didn't come in with just the facials, that he could have done this. He could have said, "Okay, let's sit down," and you know we'll we'll still do the shadow thing, but sit down. He went for the facial thing, which worked better. But it's not a bad cover. I mean, this one is, I think, maybe the best out of all of them. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, if you, I I, I understand the parents are buying it, and they really don't know what those long haired guys look like. But this one especially because they're not drawings and stuff. It's real people. If you brought this home and, you know, little Susan or little Bobby uh, really loved Paul or Ringo or George, they're, they're going to know right away that this was not. Yeah, they're gonna oh, absolutely. I just, I just looked up something just for my own edification, but I was going to ask a question because one thing that struck me is that, you know, here are these artists or I'm using the term very loosely. Here are these groups that are that are throwing the Beatles name around like crazy. And I realized I just hopped on board because it struck me that, wait a minute. But in 1987, when the CDs came out, the Beatles name was trademarked. It was not trademarked before then. I thought it had been trademarked really early on. I was like, wow. Wow. how are they getting away with this? Because the Beatles had a trademark name. So if you started seeing these records, couldn't you just start throwing out injunction after injunction after? But you know, it, most of them didn't say the Beatles. But a lot, uh, some a lot of, them of them did. Most of them didn't. A lot, it said some Beatle of them like B-E-E or B-E-A-T-T-L-E. Or they That's just true. said, you know, Mop Tops or, you know, The Bugs or whatever, or Beatle Rama. That's but there not, are certain things no. you can Correct. use, even if it's trademark. Like the, the one for Beatle Rama, that's a word. So right. even though it's spelled B E A T, it's there's a there's a trademark, you know, free use, or fair Beatles, use, I guess. Or Beatle tunes, seriously. Or Beatle or Beatle songs. Right. Beatle tunes. Right. right. Beatle tunes. Or Beatle tracks. Beatle tracks. <laughs> is not going against yeah. the copyright because it's not it's not the Beatles T M. Or or Abby Lane or or right or, or right or, or my or that's my it. album where it's just as one word I am a member of the Beatles I that's, oh, that's what I called myself on my album did you did you legally change your name for that for like I am a member of the Beatles yeah just you had problems when you got your license yeah it was I it used was to difficult. be Mitchell Eric Axelrod now I'm Mitchell Eric Winston Ono Axelrod <laughs> so it's now but it's, it's pronounced Throat Warbler Mangrove right yeah there we go. The and, uh, one of these albums came out called Beat a Mania. But the A in the middle, if you look at it funny, the A looks like they're trying to make it into either an L or an E, depending on how you look at it. They're trying to be oh. deceptive. Wow. So That's they don't have to amazing. worry about it. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Beatlemania in the USA. Beatlemania That's a, in the USA. By the Liverpools. Uh, that's a that's nice one. The, that's the the wine coat one. Yeah, wine coat was a uh, uh, a budget label, also for uh, RCA, mm -hmm. and um, they they were promoting for a while of uh, the Dovells. You can't stand up. Well, you can't sit can't down. Sit down. Can't sit down. Yeah. And uh, the Bristol Stomp. That's yep. right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. And I, um, <laughs> this uh, it's it's funny that there's uh, like in Mitch's background there's the four 
heads. Uh, heads, but what's kind of funny is each set has a set of eyeballs underneath, and I can't tell whether they're trying to make those eyes try to resemble one of them. Right. They all look like that uh, underneath. When me looking at this cover, I think each one of them should have a thermometer in the, their mouths because they look <laughs> like they're sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not, not a Klaus Foreman job, no. Anyway, there's, there's another. Oddly enough, Bob, uh, and and not on the list we were going to talk about, but it, there's another thing called Beatlemania in the USA, or Beatlemania by the Schoolboys again, um, right. on Palace Records, and that's got drawings of five Beatles. <laughs> so maybe they, they included either Pete Best or Stuart Sutcliffe or, but I mean, it, it literally looks like sort of the Beatles, but then it looks like a mugshot of, of or a, not a mugshot, a, um, it looks like one of those police drawings of right. a criminal in the right. middle. Yeah, there's a couple of different copies of the cover of that. Yeah. It's so and that's so odd. I mean, you, if, if anybody, again, grandma and grandpa, mom and dad probably don't know this four Beatles. Because, you know, there wasn't. There was Clarence as well, according to Saturday Night Live. But <laughs> if you, and this this actually looks like Clarence, but if you if you know the Beatles, you know there's the Fab Four. There's not five of them. You, that would be a dead giveaway for me if you're, if you're in a budget bin and you see five of them on the cover. I mean, again, I know it says Beatle Mania. I well, there was, wasn't there a band called the Liverpool Five? Was there? I don't know. I know. I, I know, but, so. that, but I do know that that's also another way, Mitch, to to dodge the to to Maybe. to dodge the law. I mean, if you know someone did come after them and say, "Well, look at what you're doing," you're, no, yeah. we're not. This so no, we have five, five people. There's five, sir. No, there's five people, <laughs> and it's not. You know, it's it's certainly right. not the same as the Beatles. No, know. there's Bernie was in the band. So right. So this Liverpool's Bridget. cover. Uh, Yes, in big red print, it says Beatlemania, and then it has uh, in black print in the USA, it lists four uh, Beatles songs, and then it says, and others. Uh, <laughs> it does state that it's the Liverpools above where it says Winecoat. Uh, but on yeah. the back cover, there is some liner notes, and it does mention, it says, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. <laughs> But, it, but in wow. this case, it wasn't. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. That's yes, absolutely it's brilliant, brilliant. But it's not true in this case. No, but but it's it <laughs> is really. At, at least they know what they're doing, right? But it's um, on the back cover. You're not. So if that was on the front cover, I'm not so sure it would have sold that well. Right. Hey, you never right. know. It's on the back cover. So people, that's too so fun. Mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are not picking it up and reading the liner notes. Oh yeah, and one of the two fun. of the songs on here aren't too bad. Uh, actually, on Wine Code, I have a a surf album by a group called the Scramblers, and when you listen to that, and I'm hearing the voices, I'm like, wait a minute, these are the same voices that are on the Liverpool's album. Oh wow, <laughs> wow! So they definitely uh, they definitely got their uh, their Not use around. out of these particular session bands. Do you think, no, like, no. those guys a few years later, did they record an album by, like, the Jefferson Wheelchair or something like that? Like, just, <laughs> like, all Jefferson Airplanes? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, uh, Bob, what about the, the Beatle Buddies? Now, this one's a little different because it's uh, four women on the cover. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't get confused yeah. with this one. This one. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I really want to know 
who they were marketing this to. Uh, I was going to say perhaps it's to the dads, <laughs> but when you look at this cover now, the ladies who are singing on this album actually don't do too bad a job, but they sure don't look like that they could be the same ones that are on the cover. Now, the ones on the cover, uh, the the if you're looking at a picture of the album cover, the one to the left kind of looks a little like Kay Ballard. Right. And but, she loved the Beatles. She loved the but, Beatles. But I, I'm wondering, my, my thought is that they are uh, wives of some of the executives at, at Synthetic Plastic. Just, that's how they got on this album cover. Maybe they were the recipients of Synthetic Plastics. I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I was going to say when Bob said that chances are they're not the, the people who actually sang the songs. It's just like, you know, when you call up a sex line uh, and, you, and you're talking to right. someone and she, she says she's hot and great and she's like, you know, 70 and, and doing dishes while you're talking. I'm sorry, Mitch. Minutes, but I don't know anything. I about was just about to say, Mitch, that's a funny joke, but n- none of us know anything about that. So yeah, 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 I don't know what that's about. I've, I've heard. Yeah. The best and blatant thing of this record, of course, on the back, it does say fine records need not be expensive. Yeah, that's great. It says that's great. these girls are cute and very talented, and we think that their names and sound will last long after the Beatles are gone. Wow. wow. Yeah, long after lunch. <laughs> I the love Ronald, it. The, I the so love buddies. <laughs> and of course, again, a lot of the songs on here are the same ones that are on the Manchester's albums. It's just they just have the women singing it instead of the Manchester. So it's and, just wow, and that's they easy to do. Yeah, that's really easy to do as a producer. You have one track for the vocals and the rest is the music. Yeah, yeah of course. But if you're going to put out an album cover like this, like what were they thinking? If you put, you know, if they got four attractive girls on the Jersey shore to come in and take a picture and look like meet the Beatles. Right. Wouldn't that sell far better than this? Well, you know what the problem was, Bob, they, the, 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 what do you call it? The pressing plant was opening at 7 AM and they, <laughs> they actually got the recordings done at like 1130 and, and nobody else was around. So it was just like, they just brought the wives in and went sit there. And then they just shot that and put, that put was a the cover. sweater on and put uh, a turtleneck on. Yeah. It could the whole thing cost a dollar thirty two for the entire. You know what, though, we we kid around about this, but that just shows the potential power of the Beatles. That you can put four, let's just say, relatively attractive. I'm not going to say you can put <laughs> four plain people, and especially women. And and I'm not misogynistic here. I'm just saying if you're going to exploit the Beatles, you'd put men on the cover because the Beatles are the, are men. Uh, as far as we know, unless on the weekend. But th- honestly, that's the power of the Beatles because you could, they thought you could stick four plain women on the cover and still have it sell. So th- that's pretty powerful but, if you really dig deep. But you know, Bob, there's something that I don't think we've, we've sort of thought about. You know, how many, how many of us have had ideas? I know I had a couple of different ones where, you know, business ideas where you sunk some money into it. And then you took an absolute bath and you went, damn, all right, that didn't go the way I thought. 
Right. Um, you know, right. I've had a couple of different business ventures where, you know, thankfully I didn't sink all my safe, but you know, you tried doing something, it didn't work and you went, oops, you know? So my question is we're all kind of working under the pretense that these things actually did sell. I mean, you, or, you know, or more you, importantly made money or made money. Whereas right. the truth is, you know, someone, you know, the guys that released that record with, you know, with the, the, you know, more mature ladies on the cover and, and, you know, the, that, that could have sold 50 copies. And then the rest of the ones that they manufactured just got dumped somewhere and have made their way around or and melted and into the next, uh, melted next into the next batch. <laughs> but I'm saying like enough copies were around where like Bob and, and other collectors who, who collect this genre and people who just find it fun and go and pick it up. But we're, we seem to be going under that idea that, wow, these guys exploited. And when you think of exploitation, you always think that that person walked away going, <laughs> my evil idea worked when the truth is, these people might have lost their dollar thirty-two that they put into making this record, and might have took an absolute bath because they did it right. and went in the supermarkets, and the supermarkets went, "Yeah, sure, we'll put it out. The kids will, the kids will never know," and they got shipped back just as many copies as they bought. You know, like Michael Jackson's history. You know, well, I mean, a loss leader on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Pepper. What's well, the Sergeant Pepper, Pepper soundtrack? Five million and shipped back six million. Yeah, uh, but but where I'm going is that you know a lot of these people who took this gamble on exploiting the Beatles in '64 may have failed. You know these these records sold a few copies at supermarkets, but you know we're just going under the thought that they did sell a lot and people fell for it. But maybe the, I mean, like you say, the the bugs, the um, there are a handful that we've just seen everywhere we know that that those were a successful deal but the these titles mm -hmm. where where you know bob is finding these really kind of obscure things you have to wonder if they they tanked out of the out of the box but now they're just really fun to find because you hear things like will no, still be around a good observation beautiful. you know well, also, the other thing is, when when do they come out? Do they come out in March of 64 or November of 64? And that's, a, you know, that's six months or seven months is major because, you know, they at the end of the year, everyone sort of knows about this difference and, you know, the exploitation records. And, you know, maybe someone bought one and then told their parents, never buy a record again unless I'm with you or, you know, something like that. Sure, sure. So but, I think but yeah, there that, was one that came out prior to the Beatles on Sullivan. Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. I uh, think no, I think there was one. I, I I have to read up on it again, but I think there was one that either was recorded prior to Sullivan, so they must have heard "I Want to Hold Your Hand" in December of '63. Right. Really? Uh, yeah, I think what? one of them was was it showed that it was. I, I have to read up and and uh, for those listeners. We'll watch Bob, Bob we'll you going to we'll say post something it underneath? We'll post yeah. it underneath. Yeah, you. Bob, you going to say something just before? What were you going to say? Oh no, just just uh, about the genre, of this stuff that uh, we really don't know how well it sold, and uh, you know, some of them are harder to find than than others. Uh, but but yeah, Tony hit something right on the head with that. I think it's another now, uh, example let me just, with that. Let me just get. Uh, we Great do have some others that have weird covers that uh, 
Yeah. We'll go, we'll, let me just say before, let me get back to it so we don't have to put it on the bottom. You found it? It, it was the Beatlemania by the Schoolboys on Palace. And it said the liner notes showed that this album was released just before the Beatles' appearance on Sullivan. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's kind of weird. Schoolboys says that? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That that's crazy. That's, that's luck, too. And yeah. It, and, yeah uh, unless, like I said, unless, don't forget, though, the Beatles had a lot of stuff released on other labels then again we, yeah, we, we sure that it's it's is it like uh introducing the beatles which we thought came out in july of 63 no no no, no rob but january but, rob, 64 you have to understand the all this all the failed beatles singles on vj and swan i mean obviously she loves you was was big after they appeared because it was sure. a bomb when they first got it those were all prior to sullivan as well Oh sure, sure, sure. So th these people might have heard them and said, "But also too much." Yeah, isn't it a way to also? And again, we're doing a lot of speculating, but isn't that also a way to get away with it? Because didn't you have know. didn't you have a lot of um, uh, a lot of publishing issues that quote locked in and distribution issues that locked in in early '64 with Capital. So that if you claim that you'd released a record a little earlier, were you getting away under the window oh, maybe. before? Yeah, that might be the thing, so too. You, you could turn around and say, oh, no, we put that out in, you just didn't see it, but we put it out in before well, Capital started read, suing everybody. And, Bob, you can do it, I mean, and let us know, but I'd, I'd have to read the, the line. I think I have an answer for both of you a little bit. The, uh -oh. the, one, the album you're talking about, even the, the, uh, the schoolboys, the Liverpool... Uh, kids or whatever um it does mention the jack parr show clip oh, also okay, the, okay. the record label palace is initially from canada there you go oh wow thank you canada wow. by that, that point great. already had uh two a albums out, right yeah yeah wow, so that, a couple of hits wow so there you go that's your so that that could have been an import from canada you know the the way the way rollover Beethoven and all my loving was capital of Canada, but it was it charted here also. You yeah, know, right. that, that might have been, been Pickwick uh, of Canada. No, I'm kidding. No, no, but no, but you might it might be right. But you know that's very interesting. It came out of Canada. That's wow. cool as heck. That's that's uh, a. Cool. Now I want that one. <laughs> well, Canada, Canada was very hip to the Beatles. When, yeah, before when, America. Yeah, when Dexter said this is crap and literally threw their singles in the the garbage Canada <laughs> said we'll take it and yeah no they didn't they they ended up doing very well with them obviously when the Beatles hit because all of them were re-released and did super but yeah. they they had a lot of weird all my love and roll over Beethoven ones that weren't you know here but Angles, yeah. in, on, on that fateful week of April 64 when they had the top five I believe one of them was the Canada for, uh, maybe twisted shout no it wasn't Canada no that was Tolly I'm sorry Tolly. Tolly. Um, yeah, but I think there was one. There were one there, two songs are on that list from Canada. Right. We're going off topic here, kids. No, no, okay. no, but 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 it. <laughs> That's what we do. Yes, but it directly ties to. Oh yeah, what we're talking about with the back of the album. Sort of things came out. So, so you know what? Let's talk about because you said the Manchester's Bob, and they had four Beatle albums actually. Um, they had the the Beatle Rama, Beatle Rama Volume Two. And a hard day's night. Hard day's so night. Let's talk about those because those are kind of interesting. Well, those are the ones I, I think I mentioned. I actually like 
some of the the songs on those. <laughs> I I think the a couple of the songs are, are pretty good. I mean the the first album is what the it says the new sound from England, right? And it has Beetle Rama on the top. It's got the hair and pretty much like behind Mitch there, right? But then on the bottom it's with the Manchester's, right? Okay. Exactly and the Diplomat label. Uh, but it says Beetle. It's weird because that one says Beetle and has the four mop tops. So you would really think, okay. But then let's let's skip volume two for one second because when we mentioned this earlier, a hard day's night, which doesn't say the Beetle anywhere. It just says a hard day's night. Obviously, to capitalize on the movie. Right. That's all gone. And, yes. Yeah, and that and but they used the same exact cover as Beetle Rama with the the, the heads. So, but as we discussed, isn't that kind of shooting themselves in the foot? Because I know Hard Day's Night is the big sell, but if you went into the budget bin and and had Beetle Rama, or Grandma and Grandpa and, and you know and Mom and Dad went and got Beetle Rama, and then you went in three months later, and even though it said a Hard Day's Night, you're still looking at the same cover. Well, so, hold it up. Didn't Capital do that on a single? Two singles. Well, cap, yeah, but it was the it's real the same picture. Rob, Rob, I know, yeah, but it's the same hand. picture. Yeah, I want to hold it. Then again, it, you can't find me love. It right. does have a hard day's night in big print, and you know, if if uh, if uh, Kimmy is dying for that that song, uh, you know, it it it's still now because of the United Artists cover. Even though the, this Diplomat album is in white, it still looks like the United Artists cover. It, it does, and and it's actually, it's, it's just we, we we talked about the soundtracks and how they sold, you know, big time in the early '60s. This is a soundtrack, so parents might be interested in a soundtrack, you know, because that's what parents bought. Right, know, sound right. of music, you know, West Side Story. Still had the same exact cover as Beetle Rama. Oh yeah, well you know, like you know. Bob, is there on any of those records, like particularly the one where there are four records by quote the same artists, when you you know, you drop the needle down, do you actually hear a similarity? Is it the same do you think it's the same players on those records? Or is it just uh, a name given to whoever happened to be in the studio that night because that was their that right, those were their right. Beatle guys? Well, with this one with the Manchesters, no, it it does come off similar and of course Whoever's actually playing is the same music being used on the Beatle Buddies, and it's also used on their Kitty record, which I guess we'll talk about later with the Grasshoppers. Wow. But Diplomat even put out another album talking about the the idea of the Hard Day's Night cover and the Beatle wig. Uh, there's an album called From the Motion Picture of Hard Day's Night, by Al Goodman and his orchestra. It's a red cover with a beetle wig on it. And it says Ringo's theme, this boy, yep. and and I love her. But is that Canadian? No. It's it's Not it's diplomat. It's from New Jersey. Oh, but wow. my question is though, when does it when does it go from when does it go from exploitative? And I guess it's when you're to, to just just an album of covers, just an album of cover versions. I mean, it's, you know, to me, like when you're really getting dis deceptive and you're not putting an artist name and you're not putting, and look, let's face it. If I was putting a record out, I was going to, I would be using those head imageries too. That wasn't trademarked. It wasn't, you know, 
Right. right. So when does it um, go from like just somebody who's saying, and I put a band together and we're going to do an album of Beatles covers the same way, you know, you'd have, you'd have lower level crooners doing songs that Sinatra did or songs that did. the difference where the Beatle world comes in is that the Beatles were self-contained. So you're actually doing a cover version, but we, we end up kind of grouping all those records from 64 as being quite quote exploitation. When realistically speaking, if you had an album of tunes that were given to Dean Martin to do, he didn't write any of them. So right. if Jimmy Schnortzberg from Levittown did his own version of all those songs, no one's going to say, Oh, this guy's exploiting Dean Martin because he didn't write them. You know, they're not. So the idea is, yeah, these people are kind of exploiting, but there's also that idea that, you know what, we're going to do an album of this, this group's covers and see how we do with it. But if I did, you know. let's say I recorded a CD of, of all of you two songs and I put their pictures on the cover, could I get right. away with it? No. Uh, but right. meanwhile, Santo and Johnny put out an album titled The Beatles' Greatest Hits, which it says like 14 times across their uh, record cover. And on the back is actual photos of the Beatles. Right, right. So but those, but those had that? to be licensed, though, Bob, because because that because Santo I, and Santo I, and Johnny were actually a very successful act. Right. I mean, they they you know that that was not like fly under the radar. You know, it, right. this was Santo and Johnny. They had to have actually licensed the photos. Yeah, they but the thing have, about you know, that is, is that. The the Santo and Johnny. If there was a picture of Santo and Johnny together with the Beatles, that's one thing. But right, I right. can see where the you know here's some Beatle pictures. You know we you know. But then again, Santo and Johnny. Uh, one of them, I forgot which one it was, uh, has mentioned that Santo and Johnny knocked the Beatles off the charts in Mexico or something. So you know that's one of their stories uh, they tell or the one the brother tells. So. What they mean was that a number of insects had landed on the record world chart and Santo and Johnny used their fingers actually flicked the oh, Beatles well, that, off of the chart. Oh, okay. So that's what happened. They were so, in Mexico. So an another thing is talking about this genre is uh like for example of uh, the George Martin albums. Okay, yeah. in the similar vein, he used pictures of himself standing with the Beatles. Obviously, he should be allowed because he of course. is yeah. the Beatle producer. Of course. But the Beatles had absolutely nothing to do with those records. Right. But the cover makes it look like they did, including on the back has uh, actual, you know, signatures and some little poem that they wrote about right. George Martin. Right. Well, for help, the one that he did with help doesn't even have him on the cover. Like, Right. At least the hard days night. You know, right. Even the hard days night doesn't have him on the cover. But it's the thing about track does the thing like, about that though, and and Rob, you're familiar with the genre, but isn't something like that? Um, the George Martin type records aren't they? Really, uh, they're not trying to attract the kids that think it's a Beatles record. Those, the George Martin records, I I think were applying. Were, we're going to a very specific demographic that were yes doing the easy listening thing that was you know the, the jackie the jackie gleason record buyers and the you know right, right. my uh, opinion i i would you say know. i would say Likely, that yes the, the smaller the label the more it might seem exploitation Bingo. Bingo. I, I, I don't know if you agree yeah. with me rob but 
that's the way I, I would look at it. I mean, the grasshoppers, you know, let, tell us about the grasshoppers because it's, it's not the Beatles, but it is the grasshoppers. Right. Well, the grasshoppers were uh, the kitty record uh, chipmunks ripoff for Diplomat Records. And uh, on, on this cover, it does mention that they are the grasshoppers. But again, I guess because they didn't want to put the name Beatles on the album cover, the cover says the Grasshoppers sing the Beetle Wig hits. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it shows the Beetle Wig, and but it's, it's got the same three songs record as listed. the right? It's the same exact record as the it's, Manchester's. Only it's like the Manchester's. Voice. It's like the Beetle Buddies. It's just using the tracks over again. And, and making them uh, faster to make it sound like chipmunk. Sped up with the voice to make it uh, sound like uh, a. So uh, diplomat was a key chipmunk. player in all this. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. So and what people don't. There's realize. five albums from diplomat of that's, this stuff. That that would that is it. See that right there, like you said, Rob. That's a good point. Diplomat with five albums. That's exploiting the Beatles. And if what one? I mean, yes, you're still exploiting, but they did five. Wow. I mean, you know. And, and, you know, that's a lot. I think that the grasshoppers were actually the chipmunks moonlighting. I think that they got <laughs> pissed at Seville. I think they just wanted their own deal. And I think that they just went in and did that record personally. It's a cute cover, yeah. though. I mean, it's not that it's 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 bad. And, you know, obviously you're not going to play it and think it's the Beatles. But, right. it, uh, but again, think it, it's it, the chipmunks. You know, it's, it's ripping off the idea of something else that was <laughs> You, you know who missed idea. you know who missed the opportunity to to oh, exploit God. the Beatles? Abco Records. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably saying, How did I miss that? Oh, I'll get John and Yoko to like me in nineteen sixty nine. Oh jeez. And record as the chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing with these and even the that label wine coat, yeah. Um, you don't see albums like this unless there are, tell me, prove me wrong. Uh, you don't see albums like this of The Who. You don't see albums like this of The Rolling Stones. Um, well, you did. You did see, believe it or not, you did see orchestral Tommies. Yes, orchestral though. Yeah, that's you orchestral, orchestral so Tommies. That, that that's going to be Jackie Gleason too. But let's face it, though. Again, on the cover in big letters, it says Tommy, Tommy. formed by the you know the, Schno the, the West the West Hudson Valley you know. But, Cleveland Orchestra. Community Orchestra, yeah. But what group had not one but two rip-off albums like this after the Beatles? The Monkees. That's it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Both on wine coat. Were <laughs> they really? That's wow. funny. Wow. Yeah, I and mean, well, you're right. That they took even a step further where they took titles of the songs and just made them into something else. Instead of your Auntie Griselda, the song was your uncle grizzly huh. uh, how, how, rob how many <laughs> of these uh, labels are still around is a hey, diplomat is not around why not is the why not is not right, well diplomat is uh um i said it before it was peter pan okay so right okay but most most of the labels are out of business or right right yeah, okay Right. And, and again, the, that's just it, to find the information on these things. A couple of years ago, I did get in touch with somebody at Synthetic Plastics, but they kept saying, well, we'll, we'll get you to uh, one of our researchers for the uh, label from years ago. And 
I, I just had a, a total runaround, so I never really did. Did any of them say got to we'll, anybody? We'll get you to our label director, Neil Adspindall. Hold on, <laughs> we'll we'll get him. That, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, he's always available too. I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Epstein instead of Brian. Epstein. Yeah, Brian Epstein. E E N. E E N. Anyway, under wow. the New Jersey anyway, wall. The yeah. So well, all right. Uh, I, th- I think we have we talked about everything we got. Yeah, we uh, talked about we, a lot. Yeah, I mean, we could, yeah. still, we could still talk, you know, obviously we can still put up some more, you know, in a slideshow or something. Right. I mean, website. there were a couple that you're just like, the record had absolutely nothing to do with the Beatles. So then why did you make a cover that looked like it? That's funny. The, it's the, called the was, Cash Cow. Yeah, there was a, a, a children's album with like Humpty Dumpty. The Beatle Beat. Yeah. And, you know, the, the characters, the different uh, uh, nursery rhyme stuff, Mother Goose, they all have beetle wigs on the cover. But the well, record, I actually have that. The record, you do. The I record was that. recorded way before. It has nothing to, to do with that genre whatsoever. You know why? Because I only have it, Bob, because as, as Rob alluded, I, I collect 45s. So I saw it one day in a bin. And it's it's it almost looks like a golden record, the little kids' records. Yeah, you know, the golden yeah, books that's records. what it is. Yeah, yeah. And and I, it's it's a yellow vinyl. I mean, and and it's it's them reciting the nursery rhymes in a Beatle beat. Wow. Oh yeah. So you get like you know Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. It's really. But, really but isn't that also that song that big hit by the Hollies? Ain't that just like me? Humpty Dumpty is that on the wall? I mean, wasn't that like actually what that was? You know, anyway. I mean, ain't look, that just like me cracking? But up? that one actually had that. It's funny because that had a, a picture cover, the forty-five, um, and the and the record is so small that when you put it in the picture sleeve, it it bounces around because it's not even the size of the, wow. the actual record. Yeah. So, but that's that was cool because again, it had a picture sleeve and it was a forty-five. So you, I sought out the album because. I actually played the two songs and it was kind of kind of interesting. I mean, it, to me, that was a novel idea, putting nursery rhymes to a, quote, Beatle beat, hmm. you know? So that's the only reason I have that one. But that's well, kind of interesting. That too, there's another one called the Beatle Beat. With, it says it's a dance discotheque LP featuring the Blue Beats. But the what they did was is a, a group of teens dancing, and they superimposed a beetle wig over the top of them, so you just see their legs. Oh God! And, and the back cover <laughs> is a whole thing of how to do the twist. So it's like, what? It has nothing to do with the Beatles and well, anything Beatles. But the but, Blue Beats, once they discovered that they did not get the girls because of their album, became the Blue Bulls. Oh, uh, boo! Uh, boo! Uh, boo! How about this one comedy record, which actually came out on Swan, called "It's a Beetle World" or "It's a Cuckoo Beetle World" by Fisher, Al Fisher, and Lou Marks. It's it's up on on uh, uh, YouTube. Listen to it; it's horrible. It's wow, a lot of them were really it. bad. I mean, look, like you said, all these albums had maybe some merit uh, to them at, at some point to someone. Someone must have liked some of the stuff on here um, because, you know, we're, we're still talking about them and we're only talking about them now because obviously the Beatle connection. But, I mean, some of them must have sold. Um, and some of them, like Tony said, 
must have just crapped out. But, I, you know, Tony, on some of the bigger labels that they were on, and I'm not saying big labels, but like Diplomat which was obviously owned by others. They may not have cared. They put out five because the, even though the first four may not have sold, again, maybe lost leaders or or they just didn't care because it didn't cost them much or that was right. sense. Or they wrote off things on it right. the like, like way record companies right. do. They they Correct. put the losses on the record that doesn't sell, then they don't have to pay the people right. who actually sell. Right. So right. But yeah, and 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 as we alluded to, the bands never got any royalties. Sure. They, no, they, no, they no, were happy no. to be on a record. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a they pulled them out of a club in Jersey or something. Correct. We're, we're gonna record today, learn the Beatles stuff. Yeah, and, and the uh, grasshoppers were happy that you know they would get noticed because the chipmunks just kicked their butt. Right. Yeah, well, they are quirky. East Coast, West Coast there. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. We one about- other quirky one, thinking of, of Tony, is I know Tony's a big Guess Who fan. Yeah. He is. I didn't know that. So wasn't there something about the name Guess Who, too? But then uh, there also was a band that pulled, pulled out a full record. They're, they have ma- they're wearing masks, and they're called the You Know Who group. Oh, yeah. Says, the yeah. boys with that great new British sound. I don't think they were British at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's again uh, exploiting not only the Beatles but obviously the whole invasion. Right. Um, yeah. Because you're right, though. Once again, I have to go back to what I said earlier. In all seriousness, the power of the Beatles and the Almighty Dollar. You know, because everybody, you know, it's like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon, One Froggy Evening. Where you know where the guy gets the talking frog, and right away he sees all the money coming. You know, oh my God, I got a talking frog, and then he obviously doesn't sing for everybody. But it's the same thing. You hear the Beatles, and you you may have a connection in the record industry, and you see the dollar signs just pouring out, and you go, I think I can do it. And hopefully these people didn't lose you know houses and stuff. But you know, hey, look, even uh, what's his name, um, Bob Eubanks, when he wanted the Beatles in Hollywood Bowl. Mortgaged, mortgaged his house, house. Yeah. in order to get and then he said, I'm going to oh, tell you, ahead. Mitch, I'm going to tell you, Mitch, that nobody mortgaged their house <laughs> to record any of these records. Nobody. <laughs> People didn't now. even mortgage their slippers to do these <laughs> records. What are you, Gilbert Godfrey all of a sudden coming back? Anyway. No, but but honestly, he said after they, they played Hollywood Bowl, he then got his house back and bought three more. Right, bought yeah, more. Well, and but, then he got on TV. Yeah. Hope, right. right. Hopefully, Bob. Before we go, you um, you want to add anything before uh, we go? If we missed anything, or if you want to bring up a, a, a certain record, a topic, or whatever. I just think it's uh, you know, it's it's a little uh, known genre of records that's it can be fun. It's like Absolutely. you know, let's say in in baseball card type of things, you collect wacky packs. I mean, they're they're, they're goofy little things. You know, you get you get a kick out of them, but it's just it's part of the popular culture, and it's part it it just displays even more so of of the mania that that happened back then. I mean, yeah, Good like point. you said about that album where the girl posted pictures of the Beatles on the cover. You you feel bad that you know somebody got really taken like that, right. but at the same time, maybe uh, they cherished it and thought it was one of their yeah. records. I think one yeah. person had told me in discussion of these records that, uh, you know, they kept it in with their regular Beatle albums. They just assumed it was real. And then one day looked at it and said, wait a minute. <laughs> Oops. Well, 
you know, the, the funny anyway. thing is, I, again, I was I was looking up a couple of things and there were a few of these. I'm going to get it because I want to see it. There were a few of these where I looked it up on like uh, some rate, rate your record site and like Beatlemania in the USA, um, the one by the Liverpools. Right. There's a quote from a guy from 2012 when he says, when I was a little kid back in 64, my father came home with this album thinking it was the Beatles. I remember him saying that their name was the Liverpools before becoming the Beatles. <laughs> Talk about history. Uh, he said, "He said, let's just say the Beatle covers aren't bad. The originals aren't bad either. I still remember some of them after all these years. So obviously they they had significant impact on a lot of people, whether right. in a good way or bad way. Right. That's a good story. You know, it's a good story. You know, my parents, they bought the wrong record for me. You know, right. you're a Beatle fan. I, right. I got I got the bugs. You know, oh, look at this. My parents know nothing about music. And then they say they know something about music. And then, you know, their kids ask them to buy rap records or something. So, well, you know, that's that's the other thing, though. These some of them have to be rare. Right, Bob? Some of them have to be. Right. Right. So like we didn't even go into. uh What's the one? The the biggest honorable mention would be or unhonorable mention would Dishonorable be mention. The, the Beagle and the four Liverpool wigs. Right. <laughs> so, but but if you got that when you were a kid in 64 and you kept it, you know, now today, you know, it's not like a dollar thing anymore. So you can actually, you know, your parents might have done you good. Make You can make some money, you know, nowadays because they gave you something now which became rare because it was so crappy, so to speak. Yep. Right, right. No, good point. Uh, uh, one thing I want to add, because we're, we're going to close up shop. Yeah. This one thing close that Mitch shop? said. What? <laughs> shop, yeah, yeah whatever. Shop. We're just stopping the shop. Just, just one more thing, as, uh, as Mitch likes to say, I say. You do. Mitch, you were talking about cover bands today. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you got, like, 1964, the Fab Four, the Fab Faux, you know, whatever. There's a whole bunch, yeah. A few years ago, 1964 was playing the Westbury Music Fair, and their tickets were more expensive than Ringo Starr playing the Westbury Music Fair. An wow. actual Beatle was, like, $90 tickets. 1964 was, like, $130. Dollar tickets. Well, remember they tried to auction Ringo off on Saturday Night Live, and they got more for Paul's toothbrush. Well, let me let me tell you something funny because as of this taping, uh, my wife and I had just seen the Fab Four at Westbury the other night. That's why I brought and, it up. Right, and we posted it on Facebook, and one of my wife's friends unbelievably said, "Who was who was standing in for John?" And George, was it Danny and Sean or Julian? And my wife looked at me and she said, is this is she nuts? I mean, wow. I said, are you kidding? Does she really think it was the Beatles? Yeah, well, I mean, so oh anyway. my goodness. All right. Well, okay. Well, sorry, guys. I'm actually sitting here chasing a mosquito that just actually okay. attacked me while I'm doing the show. Okay. Well, anyone well. thinks I'm turning into like a, you know, wow. <laughs> well, anyway. I want to thank our guest today. His article is in the magazine Retro Fan, the September-October 2023 edition of Beatles Beatlesploitation Records. And, and we touched, talked about that. Rob talks about a whole other thing, too, which we did not talk about because we want you to buy the article in the magazine and support this magazine and support Bob because it was a really good article, and there's right. a lot of angles we covered here, but we left a couple. So. Right. 
you might say, well, I heard them on the Fab Four free-for-all, and then you don't buy the record, buy the magazine. So please go out, buy Rob's article or the whole thing for Retrofan Magazine, <laughs> September, October 2023. And by the way, one more thing. You know, we keep seeing on, on the video, Mitch has the, the, the four mop-top things. You know that's that's our logo right there for the Fab Four Free for All. No, it's not actually. We have we, no, we have the yeah we we, you know, we just have the haircut. I you stole know, it somewhere yeah. else. I know, I know. But <laughs> so we want to thank Rob Koenig for joining us. Rob, great article. Thank Thanks for coming on. You did a great job with us. It was a ton of fun. And, yep, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we, I want to thank my co-host Mitch Axelrod. Take care, folks. Tony Chaguardo. Bye, folks. I got the mosquito, by the way. All right. And, I, and today I've been your moderator. My name is Rob Leonard. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. You, you didn't get Bob to say bye. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he, went, he went like this. He did. He gave me the. Okay, he there we go. The, we gotta, all right, we'll take, we'll take a namaste. As, uh, uh, no, say bye. Bob, ver- <laughs> verbally Bob. say goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you saw the visual, he did the thing. Whatever the hell. Well, but our audio <laughs> listeners just went, "Wow." Okay. Thanks a Bye, lot. Everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Take care. Fab Four Free for All was edited and produced by Tony Chaguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is "My Dolly." by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free-For-All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free-For-All.